I'm going to move us to, I guess, the one that everyone's waiting for, Jones, is <laughs> the Cats in 2022. So it's been a really good season from the Cats. They are the minor premiers. It's been a, a really good season. They've been fantastic to watch. But what is different about the Cats this year and how much credit should Chris Scott take for any changes that have been made? Yeah, I'm like, look, they are. I think, I think what they have, I think that they are a more assured team with really. I mean, I think the leaders, the that sort of, um, you know, veteran level of players, it's kind of the same as it's been the last few years. I think you're getting, you're getting the same as you've always gotten out of, you know, Tom Hawkins, which is really amazing given, you know, his age and sort of how he's he seems to be getting better. Um, but, mm. uh, you know, guys like Patty, Joel Selwood's still, still con- obviously a contributor and, and absolutely a, uh, an on-field leader, you know, obviously as, as the captain. So I guess what I'm saying is I think that that core group, um, of experienced players is giving you what they always give you, but they're, they have a bit more, there's, there's, there's just, I think they've got more gears. Um, they've. The, the forward line is, you know, pretty, pretty, um, you know, it's, it, I, I think, you know, the all Australian selections kind of showed that, um, you know, you've got Jeremy Cameron, Tom Hawkins and Tyson single. That's half the six in, in the team. It's, it's, it's clear that, that, that the forward line has functioned very, very well this year. There's, there's, uh, there's options. And, um, you know, I think defensively very strong, um, I don't know. Like, sorry, I'm trying to think. Like, what? Um, I think that Chris Scott should take a lot of credit. The team does play differently. They play with um. They take the game on, um. But I think that they actually have a bit more of the cavalry to do that. I think, like we were saying, I was saying before, um, you know, I think the previous couple of years we have been a very old list, um. But you know, and potentially that's why we played a slow game, uh, a slow, controlled, skillful game. And, it, you know, uh, it, I think coming up a team against a team like Melbourne, it, that just didn't stack up. Moving the ball slowly against Melbourne, you're going to get nowhere. Uh, you know, just mm. the way they lock you down. Um, but this year, I think um, the profile of the list is different. A lo- there is some, uh, some, I think that, there are some young players that have that have freed us up to to play with a bit more dare when we need to. Uh, I guess you know you look obviously you can look to um, like De Conning um, being able to have a first year or second year. Sorry, I think he's second year um, defender come in and 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 just do a role so quickly has freed up you know, Mark Blitzarts to be the, a true utility, you know, and, and an All-Australian player. So I, just, I think that, like, um, you know, not that Blitzarts was purely a defender before that, but have, being able to bring in a guy like that and have guys like Holmes and um, Close and uh, just the, some of these, this younger brigade that's coming in, um, you know, being consistently good. Atkins getting more time in the midfield, um, just a hard body. Yep. That, um big fan. Yeah, just I think that... That has allowed the team to, um, you know, just be able to. I think there's games I've watched. Uh, there was a, I watched the. Um, it was the Port Adelaide game they played a few weeks ago. 
um, where they were s- significantly challenged, but they, um, they, they, they just got it done. Um, so, sorry, I, I, I'm just trying to think like, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. I think that they're a better team. I think that Chris Scott can take a fair bit of credit. I, I've, I've, I think, um, I am a Chris Scott fan. I know a lot of Geelong fans are indifferent towards him, but I think he has to yeah. take, I think he has to take credit here. He's, he's, he's a very, yeah. he's very shrewd. He has definitely, like I said, I think he gets the best out of what he has. And I think that with this team, he's got them playing the right way and they're playing a, you know, dare I say a more Geelong way. <laughs> um, yeah. so I don't think that, I think that, I think that, yeah, you have to, uh, like that, that, those teams that, that were those more controlled teams, um, the, that I guess, you know, from a purely, uh, non-technical point of view, aren't cl- the classic good Geelong teams. I think, I think that, you know, we, we've sort of, um, I think the, te- yeah, look, this, this is more, <laughs> I think sometimes it's hard to be objective as a fan and really, no, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but I do think that you want the team to play a way that you like. <laughs> I think that they're doing that yeah. this year. <laughs> yeah, what do you, what for do you sure. Think? And uh, well, yeah. Look, I think that they are. There is something different about the Cats this year. I know that the the knock on Geelong, the easy knock on Geelong, is how they perform in week one of the yes. finals, and that's been something that's been very tough in recent years and yeah it's what they seem to be judged by and yeah. it's also as we mentioned before it gives you the best chance to win a flag if you can win that first qualifying final oh and like um, rightly you sh- they should be judged by that that is the that is the yeah the bar they've kind of set themselves now they have to they have to win that definitely final. yeah definitely um but there is just something a bit different about them this year uh i've the first things i think of is they seem to have uh, my next question to you was going to be: Was the previous game style holding them back? I think, I think last year it might have been. Mm. Uh, but this year they seem to have the perfect mix, just being between yeah, being efficient going into attack, I guess, yep. but still conservative coming out of the back line. Mm. So mm. they still use the boundary a bit when they go. Yeah. When they sort of run off half back, they go inboard to the corridor only if there's a real clear option. Yeah. So this helps a lot because that means they don't get burned a lot in defending in transition. Yeah. Too yeah. Not, not too often anyway. And they've got the width to do this as well. Mm. There's not a lot of teams that have wingers to the quality level of Isaac Smith and Mitch Duncan mm. and mm. some other guys who can come in and play those parts. I guess you know Blitzars can go on a wing. Mm. Uh Menangola, those guys. There's not a lot of teams that even have two decent options at the moment in that area. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, they protect their back six a lot with this year exceptional pressure up the field. Yeah. I don't think they quite had that pressure last year, but this year their forward pressure and the, de- the defensive pressure has just been off the charts. And mm. you mentioned those guys like uh, yeah, Atkins, Close, uh, this Blitzarves as well. Just some of these guys, they've just become their their mosquito fleet guys bringing the pressure. Mm, mm. And that's been the difference, yeah. I think, this year. I really think the pressure level has been the game changer for Geelong. They're forcing a lot more turnovers, 
it's a really exciting brand of footy. They're moving it a lot quicker when they need to. And they've got that forward line that's just cutting teams up. <laughs> Do you think... Yeah, Tyson Stingle obviously has brought a lot of this yeah, too. So, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think that the ruck is still a problem for Geelong? Is that still... Because I feel like, um, you know, that, that that still probably isn't... Like, is Reese Stanley and whoever it is, like, whether it's Segler or... Like, is that, are, those, are those guys good enough? And does it matter? Do, do they... Can... It, can can it just be a Reese Stanley, you know? Yeah. Because on his day, Reese um, Stanley can, you know, he he's he's handy around the field. Absolutely. And he's also probably one of, if not the most athletic ruckman in the competition. Yeah. Uh, I remember, I think I messaged you after the <laughs> first Bulldogs-Geelong game this year. And Reece Stanley had played an excellent game. Can't remember what his stats were exactly, but mm. uh, it was the kind of game that you thought, yeah. oh, if Reece Stanley could put in this kind of performance every week, he would be all, an all Australian ruckman. Yeah, and John would easily win the flag. But I don't know. It's a really tough question, and I think the way that the game seems to be played at the moment, look, it's always going to be important to to score from stoppage and store score from centre clearances, mm. but. I don't know. At the moment, it just doesn't seem to be much of a factor for Geelong. They seem to be getting enough out of those guys and enough of a contest and yeah, the, the types of clearances they're coming out, it's not damaging them too much when they go up against the quality Ruckman at the moment. So yeah, long term, I think Geelong definitely need a better option there. Yes. But as for this year, I'm not sure if it really makes the biggest difference. Maybe not. Maybe they just need to, yeah play a role because um, yeah I, I I feel like there were times um, like in previous seasons where that has been a problem um, but you're right I think that there's uh, well like you know that yeah I, I, I think I agree I think that in previous years maybe it's been a problem but this year there are there's enough there's enough um, you know they can generate they can generate uh, you know, ah, oh, geez, I don't know. I just think you're right. I, uh, I think that maybe this year it's not as um, it's not as big a deal. Yeah, and they've got enough key posts in other areas to. I mean, if there is got a pretty sound defence at the moment, mm. they've got a forward line that can lock the ball in. It's it's just not having a massive effect. Uh, that could change. I'm not sure. Just mm. right now, it's just not looking like much of a problem. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I think that uh, as long as, um, you know, the, the the buy has come at a good time for Jeremy Cameron. I think that obviously yes. having him fit and healthy and in the team is going to go a long way, um, you know, to helping us win that first final. Um but you know there have been times this year where he hasn't been playing, and um, you know they've been able to cover. Uh, but I I do think that um, you know obviously in any um, premiership run, you know in attrition like you know injuries are you know managing injuries is really important, and I think that um, yeah that's that is a little bit of a concern given his history with his hamstring. But you know yeah. It, it, if he can stay, if he's fit and he and and can play in that first final, and 
um, that 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 is that would be uh, that would be ideal. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. Um, I do have one question as well. It may be a doubt. Um, mm. What do you make of Geelong's run into this final series? Do you think that we'll, we'll go through it first? So they finished off with Gold Coast to, mm. to be fair, they've had a great season. But to be fair, at that time, probably stuck the queue in the rack. Yeah. Um, and then West Coast down at yeah. GMHBA to finish. Is there any element of doubt that when you play two games like that and take a week off, yeah, would you prefer a slightly more battle-hardened approach to the finals? Oh, I don't know. I think it depends on so many things. Like, I, you probably would like that. Like, I feel like Melbourne's um, I feel like Melbourne's run into the um, into the finals has been um, a pretty tough one. Uh, and you know, uh, Collingwood too. The run in, yeah. Look, I am a little concerned about that because I do feel like um. You know, it's sometimes nice to be a bit more seasoned. Like I do think Melbourne and say Collingwood have had have had the tougher run, and had to you know had to win. Like you know, it's those 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 games that can happen in you know uh, August that almost are pre-finals finals. You know, they they just sort of yeah uh, critical to either finishing top four or you know um, even you know. You're playing teams that are fighting for the eight. So teams with everything on the line, you know, so Melbourne obviously had a tough one against Carlton and then, um, and Brisbane, uh, and, 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 and won. So I, I do think that just winning those games that you have to win, uh, can hold you in good stead. I don't know. It's hard. I, I always worry <laughs> you kind of want them to drop. I always feel like it, you worry when your team's on a big winning streak going into yeah. the finals. You no, just I don't love like, winning streaks going yeah. into the finals. Though. I kind of feel like, oh no, because you can't afford to lose now. I mean, you know, and it would be no. a big, it would be a big shame if Geelong lost this first final. I think that yeah, now it's kind of like for Geelong to win the flag, it's just got to be three games, just got to win. Is this the biggest game for Geelong? In recent memory, barring the 2020 grand final? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, yeah, 2020 is weird. weird. Obviously, it was an odd year. Um, and yeah, that game was massive, but it was a strange. It, it sort of doesn't feel, it feels like a bit of an outlier. Um, would, it, it, it's not an outlier to Richmond fans, I assume, but I, I feel like um, weirdly that game isn't in, like... I don't know. I do. I do think that this is. Yeah, this is much bigger. This is Collingwood at the G, and it's uh, the last time we had that qualifying final against Collingwood at the G. Um, yep. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, they um they jumped us, and uh, yeah, twenty nineteen. Um, and yeah, that 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 is not an old memory, you know. I I I, I definitely, and you know, this, this Collingwood team is not not to be underestimated. They're. Uh, they yep. they are ready for the big stage. They talk a big game, so I just do think that um, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty important one for them to win. Yeah, and they can turn it on. We've seen yeah. it a yeah. number of times now. Uh, they've got so much belief in each other, yep. and the way each other plays. They've got great leadership. It's going to be a really good one. It's going to be. A really I think good it, one, I, think. I think it will too. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I think it'll be a good game. Um, I, and they haven't. 
they haven't played each other since quite early in the season. I, I think we we beat them earlier in the season, but I don't, you know, I think that, you know, Collingwood's season has, has, has really evolved since then. So, yeah, it'll be pretty interesting. Like, as a, if, yeah, I think it'd be a pretty, pretty, um, compelling contest to watch as a non, as a non, uh, fan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is the Saturday night final, isn't it? On yes. Next Saturday. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I've got another one, another question. You mentioned Sam DeConning before. How, how good can he be? I mean, yeah. looking at his, he's well over 200 centimetres. I think he's 205 maybe. Mm. Uh, he's very versatile. He's got tremendous aerial ability. Mm. Like he's, uh, yeah, uh, for a big guy, he's got a decent leap. Mm. Reads it very well. Mm. Reads the ball in flight very well. He's, he's a very athletic Defender, yeah. uh, beautiful hands, beautiful hands. Uh, like, yeah, for a young player, I can just run off these things off the top of my head, and he's yeah. only played what sixteen games or something. Yeah, like what, is the sky the limit for Sam DeConning as a yeah as I, a key back, or even maybe eventually a swingman? Yeah, you never know. It uh, he's um, the the way he sort of emerged in the game is like I feel like it's not often. Um, a defender or just someone like a big body player, like they, they tend to take longer to mature, but he's, he, he's come in and played a really important role and done, um, like just done, done, he's done amazingly well. And yes, the sky is the limit for him. It's sort of a, it's a unique, um, thing. I just can't remember a, a, uh, defender sort of emerging on the scene with such sort of, um, impact so early i can't i can't think of who else has really done that in recent times I, but he's um yeah he, no i can't either he's a really uh, yeah he's an impressive athlete and yeah if he if you could swing him forward every now and then that's always in a that's always a handy thing to have up your sleeve um but yeah he could be anything he's a really good athlete clearly very skillful great aerialist like you mentioned like yeah he has he has a lot of he has a lot going for him. <laughs> yeah, he certainly does. Mm. He certainly does. And I guess just off the top of your head, some of your other favourite contributors this year for the Cats. Yeah. Uh, look, I mentioned Adkins before. I think he's taken his game to another level. Just a real... Um, he actually played an excellent game against Port in that recent... Um, yeah. That clash. He, he, he had a great last quarter. And it's just... Um, he's just at the coalface. He's... You know, you can tell the players really get around him. I think that he's just one of those figures at the club, the way he plays. And he's probably, yeah, I, I feel like I get the feeling he's a bit of a character. I, I do like, I like, I like him and I like that he's stepped up this year. He's, he's, um, he's, just he's a, not afraid to roll the sleeves up. Nah, nah. He, he really likes, he seems to love getting stuck into the work. Yeah. He does. He gets stuck into the work. He definitely does. Um, so I think, yeah, he's been great. I think, um, Max Holmes has really emerged as a, a talent. I was going to mention him, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, like, uh, just, there's been, I think, um, yeah, the, like you mentioned, there's kind of this little brigade of, like, young guys who have come in and made it impact very quickly and have just sort of settled into their, like, like, oh, sorry, and another one I've just thought about who has been around a little while, but Zach Guthrie has had a good yeah. season. And it's been a, 
a, definitely a, a Chris Scott favourite. And it's been a bit, like, hard to understand why for a little while. But I think this year he has just matured um, and and is uh, emerging as quite a good user of the ball and just a level head out there. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I think that there's a lot that... I don't know who's this. Who's specifically? I mean, there's 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 some obvious ones, but I I do I do like Atkins. I think I think I, I think I'll stick with with him as the most impressive this year. I think. Mm. Yeah, um, I mentioned this to you recently. When I think of this side and how they've done this year, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the transition of the 2016 Richmond side to the 2017 mm. Richmond side. You remember the 16 Richmond side, slow ball movement, not really, um, not, not very predictable. Mm. Uh, but yeah, slow build up, just not really inspiring. Uh, then in 2017, just changing things up, lightning ball mm. movement, sort of drawing the ball carrier in and using handball to chain away from mm. contests. Mm. And uh, we know what happened yeah. next. They ended up winning the flag. It, it seems very similar with Geelong, uh, had the patient build up, conservative. And this season, just flicking the switch, going a little bit more helter skelter. Yeah. It just there's a very similar feel about this side, mm, I think, mm. to that one. I think um, I, I I'd agree with that. Do you think that there's um, like uh, like is there an advantage to it? Att- like I agree. I wonder if there's something about being um, uh, is it easier to go from a controlled way of playing and then unleashing uh, in for want of a better word or like is that or or um you know maybe a team that has a more uh that is a a more attacking team um do you think that like but maybe maybe gets opened up the other way quite regularly i can't think of a team that plays like that and then becomes a more controlled ball movement team and then has success. I kind of feel like maybe there's something in having that foundation. Is that like a, is that a thing? Yeah. uh, It's the age old debate. uh, Yeah. Dan and I've (laughs) talked about this a lot. Chaos versus control. What is easier to perfect? What comes first? Uh, Yeah. There's not that many (laughs) examples of a, of a team that does that successfully. Uh, I'm sure I remember one of those North Melbourne teams that Brad Scott was coaching where they were leaking yeah. quite a lot of goals, but they were playing a nice, attractive brand of footy. But uh, I remember the next year getting numbers back a lot. No, I, I'm sure you remember this, but uh, the soundbite in one of his presses was, uh, uh, yeah, we, we, um, we've we overcorrected. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And that sort of became the tagline for that season. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, you can tell that it's a balancing act, but it's really, yeah, it's tough. I think when you play a controlled style, it's definitely something where you have to learn the defensive side first and you have to teach your team to defend. I mean, a very good example is is Melbourne when Paul Roos Mm. came in. I think he taught them defense first and let's just focus on that part of the game and we'll start thinking about other things mm. later, like switching, you know, switching the play, uh, bringing a little bit more attacking flair into it. But it was mainly about mm. that. And you look at Paul Roos at Sydney as yeah. well. Uh, that Absolutely, was, yeah. 
uh, that was the mantra there too, uh, right from the start. Let's uh, play much more organised and, and not negative style, but uh, just, yeah, much more controlled, much more accountable mm, mm. and not doing silly things like going for bananas in the mm. pocket and things like that. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really hard question to answer and I don't know if, if I have it, but it, there are quite often examples of teams that have been held back and then they get let go a bit and it works really well and they look like they're all enjoying their mm, footy. Mm. But you've got to have the talent to do yeah, that as well. Yeah. I think you really need the talent to do that because you can let you can let teams just fly up, up and down the field and run free, but if you haven't got if you haven't got the mm. cattle then yeah, you're just going to start leaking more mm. goals. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I think that yeah, um I think uh, this year, Geelong, I think they do have that layer of, I don't know, yeah, I guess there's, there's, there's enough talent there to support, to support it, um, you know, to support a more chaotic way of playing. Um, but yeah, yeah you're, there's like you, you know, the, 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 um, but they can, yeah, control the ball when they need to. And they have the key posts. Yeah. They have the yep. people. They have you know. They have level heads out there that know how to sort of um, direct traffic or you know, like uh, I, I think I think I think um, teams have gotten a run. I think in this you know I feel like in this um, you guys talk a lot about momentum on the show, and I think that uh, Geelong that people have definitely got run. Teams have definitely had runs on you know got runs against Geelong. This year and momentum's been against them, but I think that there is enough. Um, you know, I think in those times, sometimes you do need to exercise a bit of control, just take the sting out of the game, take a bit of the chaos out of it. And I think that Geelong are better at that this year than they were previously. Whereas maybe previously, uh, you know, um, the, the you know they the, the, they can shift between the two, and I think that's always that's always a good thing to be able to sort of adapt your game. And I think there's the skill and experience this year um, to do that effectively. Um, maybe previous years there wasn't. Um, I don't know. I think that, yeah, you, you know, I'm definitely in the in the camp that you have to, the, 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 um, you owe, I think you owe a lot of that to the coach. I think he's, he's done, a, he's done well to kind of um, get the team, yeah, playing differently. But also just with the pe- with the personnel he's got, um, and recognizing who can do what, you know, I think that's that it, it's pretty it's pretty exciting, and I think that they're pretty they're pretty well they're pretty well placed. But you know, it's easy to yep. say these things now. <laughs> the first final needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think they are well placed, and I think I'm also a big fan of Chris Scott as a coach, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for these tweaks that he's made. To their game style and the way he's managed his players, he seems like a very, very good man mm. manager. And yeah, it's as good as chances they'll probably ever have. Yeah. Um, I do want to, I want to just touch on Tyson Stingle again quickly. Yeah. You mentioned him before. It's a, an incredible twelve months that he's had. I mean, his life even twelve months ago <laughs> was just poles apart to what it is yep. now. How does this happen, James? <laughs> like, the trouble that he was yeah. in, and twelve months later, he's 
got an all Australian blazer. It's like <laughs> Look, it's, it's incredible. Un- it's, it is amazing, isn't it? Like I um and like I think I really like I said before. I think um it's that the 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 club has put everything in place for him to have success and and I do think it's the right place for him. Um, I think that uh, well, like. I don't think anyone could have predicted the season he was going to have, but he was, you know, and yeah, you're right. Like he, ha- he, he's had a checkered past, but you know, at the point where Geelong recruited him, he was doing very, very well in the um, sample. Um, and, and yeah. I guess there was a recognition that, you know, he still had something to give um, and Geelong was the right place for him. Um uh, and like you know, I, I don't know if he would have had that success at a different club. I, I think that for a lot of players, and this is historically, I think, been a very. Um, I think this is wrong true for a lot of players at Geelong. Is that it is a good place for a certain type of player. I think in the end, it was the right place for someone like Steve Johnson to have success. And I think that yeah, you know. It was the it's it, I think it's the right place for someone like Tyson Stengel to realise his full potential. Um, you know, I don't know. It's hard to speculate on these things, um, but you, I think that is a definitely a thing that people I guess talk about with Geelong, and it's easy to kind of like for me to kind of really talk it up. But I do think that it is a unique club that suits certain types of players. And I think that the club has gotten really good at recognising those players. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's quite a, it's quite an amazing story. I, I, it is hard to, it's hard to believe he's, he's, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I really want the best for him. It's, it's, a, it's an awesome, um, it's an awesome story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, he, do, he seems like a, a, a good, yeah. Ad. At heart, yeah, and he's the first delisted free agent to earn an All Australian spot. Is that right? That's um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's like that is an amazing achievement. That's um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very good. It's yeah, <laughs> fantastic yeah. season. Uh, Forty six goals, yeah. I think. Um, the pressure he has around the contest, mm. he's uh, uh, very high on the score involvement yep. as well. Yep. Um. Yeah, he's going to be fun to watch in this final series. I reckon. Very hard to defend. Uh, I, I think so. I um, I'm excited to see. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does. Um, you're right. Yeah, tough to defend, and yeah, like absolutely a uh, yeah, a uh, a pressuring forward. And I think that we haven't had a player like him in the last few years. I think we've got we've got some decent small forwards, but he is that one that offers that defensive edge. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, a couple of quick ones to finish up with, yes. Jones. Um, I want to talk about, you know, your home ground, mm-hmm. GMHBA Stadium, otherwise known as Kidinia Park. You know, a lot of people who aren't Geelong fans, we hear it a lot. They they talk in a, you know, slightly complaining manner <laughs> that uh, there's a big advantage down at Geelong. Uh, you know, 10 or 11 home games each year almost guarantees them 10 or 11 wins and a very easy pathway into the <laughs> top four. Uh, it's a it's a different playing surface. It's a narrow ground. They're not used to it. They can't get used to it. They, you know, 
the sport's completely different when you play yeah. on that ground, apparently. Yeah, know, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> what, what is, is the Cadinia Park advantage a bit of a folly when it comes to playing this game or, or is is there something to it? Is Geelong the, very good on that type of ground? Or mm. uh, Look, it's a tough one. It's a real tough one. Some of the grievances, I guess, may be valid. Yeah, just not being able to, uh, as a fan, maybe yeah. not being able to get get in down there if it's yeah. uh, a lot, you know, like a big crowd kind of thing. But uh, I don't know. The question is, is this <laughs> a valid complaint from the regular AFL fan <laughs> or does, does it sort of level out at some point? Yeah. Look, I, I think short answer, no. It's not a valid complaint. Um but and, but like I'll I'll, I'll explain. I, I think that like you know Geelong Geelong is a it's its own town, so they play in Geelong. Uh, so that's yeah. their ground. That's, that's the their ground. ground. Why should they play anywhere else? But the the other thing is it hasn't. I mean, you know, I think I think this idea of Geelong playing at Cadinia Park and having this advantage and having this fortress is actually it's actually a more modern thing. Like I, Geelong, Geelong haven't historically been unbeatable. Like you know, in the long, the long no. history, the longer history of the game, no one was complaining about Geelong playing in Geelong before two thousand and seven. Um, I, I think no. it has it has <laughs> grown into an advantage, and I think that yes, Geelong do play their home ground very well, but teams do beat us down there. Um, and and look, yes, there may be a few extra wins we pick up here and there. We do play a lot of um smaller uh, i don't know i mean we don't play big melbourne clubs down there we t- we play the same kind of teams down there all the time but um i just think that it's just something to talk about <laughs> i don't think that it matters yeah. it is our home ground um and i i don't know like i mean what what what's the what's the alternative? Like they just start playing at the MCG. I mean, I don't know. It's stupid. <laughs> they're 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 you know. I think there's more there's more reasons than just playing at Cadinia Park than why that explain why Geelong may have had a more inflated or like higher position on the ladder than they might should have had in the past few seasons. I think yeah. I think that there's better ways of explaining that. Rather than the home ground advantage. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, what do you think? Like, I I just think it's a bit of a something to. It's an easy thing to complain about. I personally do think it's a bit of a cop yeah. out. Uh, I can occasionally understand when people might make a uh, they might have a point of view that there's a couple of extra wins that might have mm. helped them get into finals or something. Uh, not not that that's a crime or anything yeah. but um i can i can see how it is what it is a home ground advantage mm. but i do also find it a, a bit of a cop out and it is kind of a it's a very trite argument to hear on the agenda when people talk about this it just always reeks of people who just can't kind of accept that this is that club's home ground like i just find it strange yeah Uh, it is different it's not like any other interstate club yes they do play a couple of games in melbourne and yes i've said previously Geelong has a very big presence in 
the Melbourne mm. city area as well. Very high. I mean, uh, I've said this before. We all know a Geelong fan that lives in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I do find that strange, and it, it sometimes seems like it's made out of jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> Yeah, and I just yeah, I just find it a bit of a trite argument, and you know they're not going to be playing a grand final down mm. there. Obviously, um, that that's actually another question I have. Uh, how do you feel when it comes to finals? Because I feel like there might be some Geelong fans out there that would love to have a final played down there, mm. uh, regardless of who the opposition is. There might be some who would like to have a final played against an interstate mm. team. What what was your take on the whole finals thing, or are you more than happy to go to the MCG? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't particularly care. Like, I, I, I understand why they, I understand why the club wants to play finals down there, especially with the stadium being, you know, redeveloped. Um, but I, I, I don't really have a, a like, you know, too strong a thought there. I, I, I think that, like, um, you know, from from my perspective it's easier for me to go to a game at the MCG anyway. So like, yeah. I mean, that's purely yeah. a selfish point of view, but I, um, I, I do think as it would be for yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. Me. I don't know. I think there's no, like, to be honest, there's a, there's an advantage to being able to be, you know, you, you want your team to have had some decent hit outs at the G, um, you know, and it helps to be playing big games there. Yeah, because it's where the grand final is going to be. So I don't know. Like, I'm not too, I'm not too bothered about that. I do think, though, to argue that Geelong shouldn't play at Kidinia Park, it, it, it's, I don't know. I think it's a little, I think it's an easy thing to lean on if you're upset about a result or you think that Geelong have some sort of advantage. Yeah, I don't know. I sort of thought about, um, you know, like once upon a time. Uh, every club had their home ground, you know, and it wasn't so like everyone had a specific home ground advantage. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of Melbourne clubs wouldn't have been able to hang on to, you know, Carlton, for instance, they, they, it wouldn't yeah. have made sense for them to keep playing at Prince's Park. But, um, you know, there was a time when every club had this to some extent. Um but, you know, the fact that Geelong still have it, I don't think it's so much a relic of that time. It's more a fact that, like, Geelong is a city in its own right. They're developing that stadium. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that stadium is being developed, um, you know, uh, because the, like, it's um, the, the, the government is supporting that as a... Uh, as a facility for not only football, just as a yeah. to, to enhance Geelong as a destination to hold, hold events. So it's an area of yeah, growth. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I just think that um, yeah, it's Geelong is not Melbourne. I know it's very close, but it 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 should have its own ground, and the club the club should have its own ground. I I think that I think that it's a bit of a lazy excuse if you're upset about <laughs> if you're upset about how the team has performed over the last few years. I, yeah. I think that that also doesn't give credit where it's due to the players or the coaching staff to, to, you know, the fact that they've got them to perform so well over such a long time. Because once upon a time, that wasn't the case for Geelong. Um, you know, it wasn't no. always the fortress, like I was saying. No. Um, so, 
after this redevelopment is completed, the capacity... So I think the capacity right now is... Uh, is it sort of around 26, 27? I actually thousand? just have no idea, but I think you're right. That feels about right. Something yeah. like that. And after the expansion of that, I think it's the new Northern yes. stand, yes. the total capacity is expected to be just over 40,000. Mm. Mm. Once that's done, James, <laughs> does that change anything in regards to possibly hosting a final? <laughs> that's a, a very good question. I think... I think that that opens it up a bit. I think that, I think that that would. I think yeah. if you're hosting any interstate club, then at a with a, a stadium of just over forty thousand, I think that that, I think that that is probably adequate. I think I think, but I think any could it get teams like Collingwood and Essendon down there during the season? I think so. I feel like there, you know, there's yeah. been a few more. Yeah, possibly. I think we played. Uh, oh, we played Richmond down there a couple of years ago. I, I um. There's yeah. been a few more, but yeah, I feel like um, even you know Geelong will concede that like they'd probably prefer to play Collingwood at the MCG at the moment at home for you know for the gate. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It 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 would be fun for that to happen in future. I think like you know it'd be pretty it'd be it'd be pretty interesting. It'd be pretty interesting uh, to see like a Collingwood down there for sure. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see how yeah. that goes. Um, and look, lastly, I guess this ties in really with what we've just been talking about, but I guess coming down from Geelong, coming up to play these teams every second week up in the uh, the big mm-hmm. smoke, is there, some, is there ever a bit of an us versus them mentality? Like, is there a, well, you know, we're not, we're not outcasts, mm-hmm. but we're different and, uh, you know, we've got to show them. Yeah, I definitely think that's. Uh, I, I definitely do. I think that speaks to like um, what we were talking about before. I think you're right. Like, not maybe not outcasts, but yeah, Geelong, Geelong. I think the, you know, the teams that have been successful are a bit different. You know, people like Bobby Davis are not normal people. You know, they're 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 exceptional people. They're, but they're a bit. I don't know. Not I, odds the wrong word, but they're you just a bit left of yeah, the middle. Yeah, they're left of the middle, and mm-hmm. I think that that's a pretty. Um, I think that's a common thread. You know, you can draw that line all the way through, probably from like the fifties to now. Like, uh, I think that the best Geelong teams epitomise what the town's about, and it's a unique place and it's a laid back place. And I think that the the teams that have, um, yeah, had success have a pretty interesting mix of people. Not to say that other clubs don't, but I think there is. I think it's pretty easy to see there's a pretty unique kind of personality that excels at Geelong. Um, I think it, you know yeah. if you're a quiet type like a Matthew Scarlett, you can hide a bit down there. I think you're out of the limelight a bit. You can kind of yeah. embrace your, your Not as much yeah. You can embrace your weirdness a bit and just sort of like let your freak flag fly. Uh, I think that is a pretty unique thing to Geelong, and I hope that that continues. Because I think that is, um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think, uh, uh, you know, I don't think you get that uh, at many other teams. Yeah, no, I think that's yeah. fair. It, there is definitely something unique about mm. it, and they use it to their yes. advantage, which is great. Um, look, 
Yeah. We're just about at the end, but I was just thinking right now, we might just take another <laughs> look back in the past and growing <laughs> up. Like, so off the top of your head, some of your favourite players that wore the hoops at Geelong, what are the first ones <laughs> that come to mind? Yeah. Uh, going man, right well, back look, to when you're young or whenever. Yeah. Look, it's he, it's definitely Gary Ablett Senior. That he yeah. he sort of he's sort of above the rest because it's kind of like, you know, I I I, I discovered Geelong. You know, I started barracking for Geelong, but you know, and he was a huge part of that, and he really was a godlike figure, and like I just. You know, when you're when you're a kid, like there was something kind of mythical about yeah. him. You know, like you think you get older and footballers become much more relatable as people. But he was, as a kid, just this like, oh, yeah, like he was amazing like God, wasn't he? or inspiring. He was, yeah, yeah. So he is number one. Um, but man, like that team, those teams from '07 to '11, like they get you know gave me a lot of joy, obviously, and I think. Like, I have a lot of, you know, I have a lot of fondness for a lot of players. I think Jimmy Bartell. Yeah. Um, Ablett Jr., obviously, but he's kind of so perfect. Like, you know, it's kind of, you, you kind of, um, it's hard to relate to, you know. Like, I feel like there's just, um, and th- I think, like, in the same way that maybe Atkins is, Atkins is emerging I feel like Max Brook was that kind of player yes. of that time. I have a lot of I have a lot of fondness for him. Um, I think he was just one hundred percent efforts all the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely a loved team member and maybe underrated in terms of um, how important he was to the team. Um, but man, like in the history of the club, oh yeah, it's Ablett Senior by yeah. by a, a bit of a way for me. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people, even neutrals, who would say that. He was probably their favourite player and easily the most talented player that's ever graced the footy field. So mm. yeah, you're not you're not alone on that one, that's for sure. Yeah. I think I have a lot of yeah, I have a lot of fondness for that era of Geelong, you know, Buddha Hocking, Barry Stoneham. Yep. Yeah. Uh Bill, Billy Billy. There are just really good players. Uh and yeah, kind of like figures of my oh, you know, our childhood. Um, but you know, probably more so mine. But just, just like, uh, yeah, there's, there, there, yeah, great. There's a lot of, um, yeah, just I think there's, like we were talking about, just unique Geelong personalities that yep. I think, uh, you know, and Gary Ablett's kind of at the top of that pile, just as a, um, yeah, as a really unique person. Yes. Well. Yeah. yeah. It's a. It's a fantastic footy club, second oldest one in the country, and yeah, yeah no, it's it's been a pleasure to hear your experience of following this this great club, Jones. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks, Johnny. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you know, I'm always happy to talk about the cats. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's hope for our sake. Well, I don't know. I mean, we don't want to make any bold predictions, but I worry that, like last year, our teams might be set to. Uh, meet in a life or death game coming up. Um, and I would, you know, I, I don't want to wish you good luck, but, uh, you know, I I really, you know, like, uh, I'm excited for the finals, but I'm also yep. dreading 
a potential matchup. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you got to risk it all to win it all, I guess, and you have to uh, <laughs> risk coming into matchups like this. And well, what will yes. be will be. Let the chips fall where they may. But apart from that, <laughs> all the best in the twenty twenty two series. And yeah, yes, no, thanks for going on. And yes, we will be back on Monday with our finals brackets and we'll be discussing what each team needs to do. But yeah, in the meantime, bye for now.